the bakers of Weber's Bread present your all-star Western Theater. comes your all-star Western Theater, starring America's great Western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage, in music, song, and a story of the wide-open spaces. My name is Scott and C. Clark, and here are the Riders of the Purple Sage. satisfies the appetite. Next time you go shopping, try Weber's bread and try it. Your entire family will enjoy Weber's, the good bread in the blue gingham wrapper. Let's ride back through the years with the riders of the Purple Sage as they sing another of those grand memory songs. From their saddlebag of familiar old western ballads comes Wait for Me Mary. She sat alone in the still of the night With thoughts that were far away He took a pen and he started to write Just what his heart had to say Wait for me, Mary Till the world smile again Smiles and smile again, and the dreams worthwhile again. Wait for me, Mary, by the moon at garden gate, where my heart and I would wait for you. 
Oh, don't mind if I do. You might pass me some more of that there sorghum molasses, boy. Yes, here you are. And what can I pass you, Mr. Dean? Uh, a couple more biscuits, I reckon. Dean, you know better than that. Well, I guess you better make it just one more biscuit. No, you eat all of them you want. I wish they were hot. Boy, this here sausage is mighty fine. Well, well boys, your horses are cared for and your bunks are ready. We don't know how to thank you folks for all of this kindness. No, I think nothing of it. We're happy to be of help. Well, we're going to pay you, of course. You do no such thing. Wouldn't hear to it. We sure do appreciate it. Yes, sir, I'll say. You boys uh, planning on going to work in this part of the country? Oh, well, we hadn't thought much about it. We generally stop off somewhere for a few weeks' work. That is, when our money runs low. And uh, we ain't too rich right now. Oh, no. well, I don't wish you any financial hard luck, but I hope you need work now. What do you mean? I might as well come on out with it. Guess you men wonder why we gave such a big welcome to three strange men so late at night. Yeah, we thought of that. Well, we need help here on the ranch mighty bad. Are hands scarce in this part of the country? Mighty scarce. I just got back from Granite City a few minutes before you fellas showed up, and Dad and Jake Ballard, our foreman, are due in from Trail City most any minute. We've been scouting around for hands all day. We have no one but our foreman and Bob left. What brought on all of this shortage help? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, some prospectors supposedly struck gold up at Ore City near the state line, about a couple of hundred miles from here. Everybody and their dogs headed in that direction to get rich quick. It's a serious problem, not only for us, but for the other ranchers in this section. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have told you boys about it since I want to hire you so bad, but... Yeah, you'd find it out anyway. How come Ballard, your foreman, stay? Well, Jake's been with us since he was a kid, almost. You see, Jake's father and our dad were partners in a lot of business deals, and Dad's kept him through loyalty. Even made him foreman of the ranch, which is all right with me, because after all, Dad's interests are my interests. That's a mighty big ranch, isn't it? One of the biggest in these parts. And being without help presents a mighty serious problem. All right, Fletcher, you can count on us. That is, for a while. Oh, anyway. that's fine, boys. The pay is 40 and cheap. Hey, that must be Jake and Daddy coming now. Bob, James, something terrible's happened. What's wrong, Jake? Where's Daddy? He's in the wagon outside. Well, what's happened? What? Somebody ambushed us on the way in, Bob. Your dad is dead. <laughs> I know how upset you and Miss Janey are. And uh, we want to let you know that we're going to help you in every way that we can. Oh, thank you, boys. Mighty nice of you. And I reckon there's no need to tell you how badly we really need you now. Bob, who would have wanted to kill your father? That's hard to say, Foy. In this country, every man is after all he can get. Dad could drive a hard bargain. And to be honest about it, he was cold-blooded when it came to business. But I can't think he'd do anything that would warrant a man's killing him. Well, just exactly how did Jake Ballard describe the killing? Well, they were driving along and had just reached Sunset Pass when somebody opened fire and emptied their gun at Jake and Dad. Two of the slugs found their mark. It's about all there was to it. Then I believe Jake said he whipped the horses into a fast run toward home. Yeah, that's right. Trying to figure out the killer is going to be a tough job. Well, I hope something will turn up. Let us know if we can be of any help. No, thank you a lot, boys. There's something mighty strange about old man Fletcher's death. Now, don't tell us you got it all figured out. Yes, I have. Now, ain't that nice. Now you're going to get us mixed up in something that's none of our business. Well, who do you think done it? Jake Ballard either killed him 
or was in cahoots with the man that did. Are you crazy? Ballard was just like a son to the old man. Never mind what he was like. Remember when Jake came riding in with the old man's body? Yeah. He told Bob and Jane that he drove home like all get out from Sunset Pass? Yeah. So what? It's two miles to Sunset Pass, according to Bob. And when a man runs a team of horses two miles, they're going to be sweating like rain and panting like a pump. I think I'm beginning to get you. If you remember when we went out to bring in Fletcher's body, those horses were as cool as a cucumber. They'd either been walked from Sunset Pass or carried. So, what does that prove? It proves that somebody's been lying. The next morning I went out and examined the wagon. There was a bullet hole in a sack of feed and there wasn't any powder burns on it. Nobody shooting from ambush from the side of the road could powder burn that sack. Right. Suppose we just keep quiet on the subject for a few days and keep our eyes and ears open to every move that Jake Dollard makes. Yeah. But why would Jake kill him and where would he profit by it? That's what we've got to find out. I got word from Lawyer Simpson today, Jane. He's back from the Capitol. I suppose he's heard about Dad's death. Yeah, yeah. I said he was going to drop out to see us day after tomorrow on some business. Well, maybe he can throw some light on who might have had reason to kill Daddy. I hope so. Been giving me a lot of worry. The table is ready. You can call the boys. Okay, Janie. All right, boys. Supper's ready. Jake said he had something he wanted to discuss with us at supper tonight. I wonder what's on his mind. Hope he's not wanting to quit. Well, come on and sit right down, boys. Everything's ready. Thank you, Miss Jane. Say, if uh, you boys don't mind, right after supper, I have something I'd like to discuss and like to have all you fellas present. Sure, we'll wait around, Jake. Good. Well, Jake, what's on your mind? Bob, I have a letter here, and, well, I hadn't any idea of what its contents are. It was given to me by your father a couple of months before he was killed. He asked me not to open it until a proper time after his death, and then to do so in the presence of you and Jane in witnesses. I can't imagine what it's all about. Neither can I. Maybe they'll throw some light on who the killer is. Well, let us hope so. Miss Jane, I'm going to suggest that you break the seal and read it to us. I... I'd rather Bob would do it. All right, Jenny. To my dear children, Bob and Jane, I am writing this so in case of my death there will be no misunderstanding regarding my property. As you know, Jake Ballard's father and I were the closest of friends. After his death, I took his son to raise. I owe John Ballard the credit for all of my success Therefore, I feel that I am only doing what is right when I ask my two children to share with Jake all of my properties, money, and holdings. This is the way I want it to be, and I hope there will be no objection. With deep love and affection, your father, Jim Fletcher. Bob, I, I don't know what to say to you and Miss Jane. I, I had no idea that was what the letter was about. It's all right, Jake. That was the way Dad wanted it. That's the way it'll be. That's right, Jake. I'm sure Dad knew it was best. Folks, this is kind of a personal thing between the three of you, so I reckon we could be excused now. Sure, that's all right, boys. And thanks for staying. Now, I'm telling you, there's something powerful wrong about the whole thing, especially this Jake Ballard. I don't make sense to me. 
The old man must have written that note, all right. Otherwise, Bob and Jane could have told. Well, if you ask me, that's a funny way to leave a will. Yeah, come to think of it, it is. Especially for a big layout like this. Oh, here comes Bob now. Well, boys, how's things going? Fine, Bob. I guess you, Miss Jane, and Ballard have come to an agreement on how you'll operate from here on. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have Lawyer Simpson put everything in legal form. This is going to mean quite a lot to Jake, isn't it? Third interest in the quarter of a million dollars worth of property and money and stock. That was mighty nice of your dad. I can't quite understand it. But I reckon it's all right if he wanted it that way. By the way, who is this lawyer, Simpson? Well, he handled all of Dad's business and legal affairs for him. He offices over at the county seat. I was just wondering. Oh, by the way, do you mind if we go into town this afternoon? Or we'd like to stretch our legs a bit. No, no, it's quite all right. You've gone through enough with us the past few days. Go out and have yourself a good time. I'll expect you boys to keep this matter very confidential. It's highly irregular to show you such a document as this, but uh, under the circumstances, I feel that I'm doing the Fletcher heirs a mighty big favor. You can trust us, Mr. Simpson. Now, uh, what do you suggest? When you call on Bob and Jane tomorrow, insist that Jake Ballard be present. Uh-huh. Also insist that we're present as witnesses. Leave the rest to us. Well and good. I'll see you two tomorrow afternoon. Right. <laughs> I'm glad you came out, Mr. Simpson. There's some legal work we wanted you to prepare for us to carry out the wishes Dad left in this letter to us. Well, we'll get around to that after we discuss some other matters. Here comes Floyd with Ballard now. I'm glad you asked that Jake be present. After all, he is our partner in business now. Well, howdy, Lawyer Simpson. How are you? Oh, fine, Jake, fine. I'm glad you're present because... There are a few things regarding Mr. Fletcher's estate that uh, we should all understand. Oh, sure, certainly. Of course, you know how... Well, I feel awful grateful for what Dad Fletcher did for me, Lawyer Simpson. Mm, Naturally, naturally. Uh, Mr. Willing. Yeah? I'd like to ask you and Mr. Sloy and Mr. Dean to serve as witnesses to this meeting and the things that transpire. Glad to be of help, Mr. Simpson. Uh, Jake... Jake, I have examined the letter left in your care by the deceased, and apparently it's genuine. You know, I can't help feeling, Mr. Simpson, that Dad Fletcher was, well, he was a little too liberal toward me. But, of course, if it was his wish, then it makes me mighty happy. Well, I have here the last will and testament of the deceased, which I will read at this time. The will? I didn't even know Dad had made a will. Neither did I. We had discussed it with him many times, and... Well, he always told us that such a thing was unnecessary, and Bob and I were his only heirs. Just when, uh, when was this will made, Mr. Simpson? About six months ago, Jake, and on my insistence, since he had decided to include you in the estate. But I don't understand why... If you you don't mind, Jake, we'll explain everything after I read the will. It's short and it's as follows. I, James Fletcher, being of sound mind, do hereby bequeath one half of all my earthly holdings and possessions to my daughter Jane and my son Robert. I hope my children will understand my liberal attitude as I provide for Jake Ballard, the son of my good friend and partner, John Ballard, deceased. All my success and wealth I owe to the kindness of John Ballard. And I feel justified in having Jake Ballard share my earthly properties, holdings, and money. Therefore, 
I bequeath to him one half of said property. One half? Hey, this doesn't make sense. Bob, it makes mighty good sense. I agree with Mr. Willing. But why did he write that letter? Since the will was made out leaving one half to Jake instead of one third. Get Jake to tell you why he wrote the letter. Why are you driving at that? You know, Jake. I'm in the dark about this thing, just as the rest of you are. Tell him, Jake. Now, look here. You then can't... I'll tell him. The late Jim Fletcher trapped his own killer. Oh, I don't understand, Foy. Let Jake tell you. He killed your father. You're a liar. Don't reach for that gun. <laughs> All right, Jake. Now, take it easy. If you try anything else, you're going to get more than just a slug in your hand. I'm afraid there's some explaining to do here. All right, Bob. Jake forced your father to write that letter at the point of a gun. Your father made it look good, knowing that when the real will came to light, it would throw the blame on Jake. He then faked an ambush, killing after having shot your father in the back. It's too bad, Jake, that you didn't wait, because Jim Fletcher was even more liberal than you forced him to be. And you'll be bragging for the next six months how you track down old Jake Ballard. Yeah, I reckon I will. Or willing, the great cowboy detective. All right, all right. You guys don't have to rub it in. Well, I don't understand why you wanted to leave the Fletcher place. We could have had a job there as long as we wanted it. A job? Who wants a job? Well, I'd been satisfied just hanging around Jane Fletcher myself. Oh, but that wouldn't have made her too happy, I'm afraid. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, anyway, we've got over a hundred bucks in our jeans. Where are we head for? Well, I hear there's a big rodeo next month over at Carson City. Well, we're heading in that direction. Let's go. Let's go. Drifting along, singing a song. Heard with the writers of the Purple Sage in today's story were Mr. Joe Granby as Lawyer Simpson, Miss Helen Gerald as Janie, Hard Cover as Bob. Your announcer was the killer, Jake Ballard. Now here is Foy Willing and the boys to bring you another of their Western Heart songs. The new and popular love ballad entitled, The Leaf of Love. The leaf of love is slowly falling Like winter's storm with rain and snow You broke a heart in one short moment to be I didn't think you'd prove false-hearted and kill the soul inside of me My stormy road I'm traveling on now where I will let God only know I'll be
Well, now suppose we call on the great cowboy detective himself to tell you what the writers of the Purple Sage are going to sing next. All right, you guys can stop that cowboy detective stuff. Okay, Sherlock, we won't say another word about it. <laughs> well, I expect we'd better get back to Western music and song. Here's one, Cotton, we hope will please the folk. It's an old-timer called the Train Whistle Blues. Well, all aboard, we're listening. Let's go. When a woman gets the blues, she hangs her little head and she cries. When a woman gets the blues, she hangs her little head and cries. When a man gets the blues, he grabs the first train and flies. Every time I see that lonesome railroad train. Every time I see that lonesome railroad train. who serves Weber's bread is certain that her guests and family alike will enjoy its freshness and distinctive flavor. As toast for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch, or in-between snacks, and when served with more elaborate meals, Weber's bread is always an enjoyable, substantial item on the menu. Buy Weber's bread when you go shopping. You'll find it on your grocer's shelves. The really good bread in the blue gingham wrapper. Song of the West, depicting a cowboy's religion, comes your way now from the riders of the Purple Sage as they blend their fine western voices to sing Cowboy's Heaven. Yeah. 
Mrs. Foy Willing again. It's been mighty nice keeping company with you today. And we hope you'll all be on hand next week. Until then, from Al Floyd, Jimmy Dean, myself, and all of the writers of the Purple Sage, so long and good luck to you all. A VM Bear production starring America's great Western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. My name is Cotton C. Clark. This program came to you from Columbia Square. KNX Los Angeles, the voice of Hollywood. Los Angeles, the voice of Hollywood.